0: What are we doing for New Year's?
1: Um, I don't know. The girls are going to be here. Well, two out of the three will be here, so we'll party hard.
0: Oh, mm,
1: okay. I don't know what that looks like anymore. Do you know what that looks like anymore?
0: I haven't known what that. I was just talking with Phil about that. We haven't known what that looks like since our looked like since our mid twenties.
1: Phil, what are you doing for New Year's?
0: I will probably be in bed by eleven o'clock.
1: Oh, you're no <laughs> Honestly.
2: fun. Honestly, <laughs> we'll probably be here recording a show. But if if not, I'll probably just be with my wife and my my son just chilling out, eating hot dogs, and they'll probably be eating crab. Hot
0: dogs are the uh, New Year's Eve food of choice. I like it.
2: They torture me because they eat, um, well, my son loves it, actually. They eat crab and lobster. And I d I can't eat any of that, so I just eat some hot dogs or pizza rolls. I'm cool. You can't eat shellfish. Oh, you're allergic to shellfish. Yeah. All yeah. We so. do we
1: fun to...
0: fact about Phil. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. He cannot eat uh shellfish. But we, like you, like your wife and your son Phil, we used to used to do crab legs every single New Year's Eve. Remember? We would yeah. always go to Costco and do crab legs. Yeah, and, and the
0: neighbors would come over, Chris and Claire. Oh, y'all yeah. y'all are black. Good time. Yeah. We y'all are, are
2: black. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a quintessential black family tradition. What crab legs on New
0: Year's Eve? Crab? Yes.
2: Do you guys eat? Do you That's guys what really? my family did, oh and it's like god. it's like an unwritten rule. No family has ever discussed it, but when black families get together, they just know. Really? Oh, yes. I did not know that. Oh my
1: god, we learned something new. Wow. People
2: in the comments, if you're black and you're watching this, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I remember my girlfriend, who's not black, uh, did it one New Year's Eve with her boyfriend who wasn't black and then she called me and said we did crab legs i'm like i want to do crab legs on new year's eve so um mm-hmm. i did not know it's a black thing that's really funny uh-huh. huh. right,
0: look at us wait so we're, uh, we're- do black folks do uh sauerkraut and pork on new year's day for good luck or no black people don't touch sauerkraut that's just an uh, eastern uh, european nobody yeah. should what I is do it every year for it's, luck what, and look, sauerkraut is
2: just trash with mustard on it, right?
1: It's pickled <laughs> cabbage. That's what it is. It's, it's just it disgusting. Is,
0: it is. It's poor. It's poor people food <laughs> for sure. But it's supposed to bring you good luck every year. And like I said, here we are.
1: It brought know, you good luck.
0: Another year in the books. Yes. Yes. All right. So let's get started on this. We want to know what your 2024 will look like. Let's go.
2: Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.
1: Hey listeners, ever wonder what it would be like to blow up your comfort zone at the tender age of 50? Well, we did just that. When our last kid went off to college, we hit the road in search of a new hometown. Now we bounce from city to city and bring you along for the ride. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast.
0: What's up, All-Stars? Welcome to the year-end edition of Skip Town All-Stars so happy you've been along with us on this ride all year. We want to know what your 2024 is going to look like. What about you? How's your 2024 going to look? How's it looking so far?
1: I think it's going to be good.
0: <laughs> oh, that was really convincing. Well,
1: because I had to think about it for a moment because you know me and I'm not a big um, life planner of sorts. Mm-hmm. I, I really am very much, I, I live in the moment. Uh, it's hard for James to understand. He He's very much um, a big picture person, and I'm very much in the moment. So when I think about 2024, it's very whimsical, and that's just the truth. It's I think about what it could be, what things might happen. I don't have definite plans. So when you asked me that question, it really did right. throw me off because I'm like, I'm I'm here right now. What am I? I'm thinking about maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And we are here with producer extraordinaire, Phil. How are you, Phil? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Yes,
1: Good happy to see New year. year.
0: So glad to have made your acquaintance this year. Thank you for all your support. And obviously, the studio. It's been a tremendous help to the Skip Town All-Stars.
1: Yep, we love recording at the Podcast Doctor in Orlando.
0: That's right. And a reminder to all of you before we kick this into high gear, please like and subscribe our show. It helps us out. Every little one. Tell your friends all about us. Can't thank you enough, again, for all of your support, and uh, let's just get into this. I have a quick question for you.
1: Oh, bring it.
0: And that is this, uh, and I think you've already alluded to this in the uh, preamble of the show.
1: Oh, all right. Uh, What did I give away without even knowing I gave it away?
0: New Year's resolutions, yes or no?
1: Oh, I never do New Year's resolutions. I'm not a believer in it. I've never done it, ever. I think they're silly. For me, I'm so sorry. For me. Um, I don't keep them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so it makes no sense. It's just a waste of time. I don't care. You don't have that. the
0: dedication to the goal?
1: Absolutely not. No. When,
0: did you ever do one? Ever?
1: Yeah, when I was like 10, oh. 11. And then, you know. What was years.
0: that? Like, I don't, I'm not going to eat Kit Kats for a month kind of thing or what?
1: I'm not going to suck my thumb. Oh. I was a... I was a long thumb sucker.
0: And how? And how? Denise sucked her thumb until she was old enough to smoke cigarettes.
1: (laughs) Um, It was very comforting. (laughs) So I think every year I kept saying I'm not going to suck my thumb this year, and it never worked. So I just gave up. Like
0: halfway through the Rose Bowl, you were already.
1: Oh no! January (laughs) fourth.
0: Oh my god! uh, The Rose Bowl's on January first.
1: Oh, I'm thinking, you know what I'm thinking of? Um, I'm thinking of the Super Bowl. I'm so sorry. They're all, the, they're all the same. That's in February. That's in February. I know. That's why I okay. said in January 4th. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So to, so to go back to football, you were correct. I was done when the Rose Bowl kickoff was starting. Uh, I had already broken my New Year's resolution.
0: Got it. Phil, are you a resolution setter? No. No,
1: i love phil i seriously I love phil not we are so much alike yeah, I,
0: because
2: i won't i won't do it you won't do it i won't do it if i'm, I'm like you. i'm never going to i was like i'm gonna to go to the gym on january 1st <laughs> why can't i just go now <laughs> you know what i'm saying like uh-huh. or i'm gonna stop eating x food well i can yeah. just not buy it now and the date doesn't matter um i do believe in like positive affirmations for the year. Okay. You know, so that's
0: a little different. Is that more of a daily thing or is that?
2: It's more of a routine building of positive thoughts. Okay. When the year starts. Do
1: you do that at the beginning of the year and then do you continue with it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So tell me one that you
1: started that you, it could be anything. I mean, like, I mean any year, I'm not saying like you did it last year. I'm just saying, give me an example of one that you started at a beginning of a year and you continued with it.
2: Okay. So I used to be really naive. We all were. Right. And I would kind of just take everything at face value. And some people that say they were on my team weren't really on my team. Oh, got it. So one of my resolutions uh, was to not be more cynical, but just... Discerning. Yeah, exactly. And Mm. that has has distanced me from people. Actually, they distanced themselves from me because I wasn't... I didn't listen to their negativity. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so once I was aware of that, it was... You know, I was, I was aware of it. So then I started to make those those changes and kind of not communicate with those people or not tell them as much.
1: I like that better than a resolution because I could stick to that.
0: He's totally teed up this episode, right?
1: <laughs>
0: like, he is totally teed I up this episode. I could do so, that. So Phil's uh, answer is going to be a theme throughout this whole episode. Uh, but first, I actually used to be a very diligent New Year's resolution planner. And I was actually pretty dang good at them. Oh, I if if I said ten goals, I would achieve seven of them throughout the year.
1: I always admired your goals, and you sometimes would write them down and put them on a like, uh, on tape them onto the wall. Like we never had a cork board, but even in our apartment, you would if you had five of them, you would tape them on a wall in our bedroom where our computer sat in a little desk. And um, I was always amazed that you took the time to type it out. Yeah, you took the time to think about it, and then. Halfway through the year, you would knock out if there was five, four of them. I'm like, that is major dedication. I I always admired that. Thanks. It's true.
0: I don't really do them anymore, though. You (laughs) do? I don't. No, I haven't done them in about five years. Really? Yeah, really. Uh, I I made a pact with myself. So my New Year's resolution (laughs) five years ago (laughs) was to be more in the moment and be present and when you're in the when you're in the present, you really don't need to make resolutions anymore. <laughs> so going back to what Phil said about exercising, it's like, well, I should exercise right now. Well, I started about five or six weeks ago, and my whole goal was to just not gain any weight during the holidays when I was eating like pig face Johnson at the <laughs> at the table or, you know, having wine or beers with friends or whatever. Yeah. And so uh, happy to say I only gained a pound. So oh,
1: not right. bad. Not, right? bad no. not bad at all. Not bad
0: at all. So but uh, I, I did feel like there was a sense of uh, I I I felt like in some of the big picture things, especially with me being so career driven and dare I say a workaholic at times, uh, I felt like those components always got done on my list and some of the other personal growth things that I intended to do throughout the year were always consistently year after year getting le- left by the wayside. So ultimately, I just decided, well, I'm going to change that around. I'm going to be more present. I'm not going to make any career goals because I think at this point, I was probably 15 years into my career. And it's like, okay, here I am. I'm doing what I do. Um don't really need to plan for that anymore. I'm established and all that, uh, but ultimately, uh, yeah, that was it. My my last re- my my resolution to work on myself was my last one, as it turns out. And how'd so, that go?
1: How'd that work out for you?
0: I'm not always as present as I want to be. I have to admit, but uh, I have made it a focus. And we were talking about daily rituals and all that. Uh, you know, I try and read a paragraph of. I'm big on Stoicism. So I know people have probably seen that on their social media scrolling through and the lessons of the Stoics. And it was a hot button thing on social media three or four years ago, all kinds of influencers were coming out and peddling books and all that stuff. Uh, But really, if you believe in Stoicism, that stuff falls by the wayside and it's all about cutting that stuff out. Okay.
1: So, So you're on social media, looking at Stoicism, even though Stoicism is about, don't just cut that noise out.
0: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) That's awesome. It's not that, uh, so, gosh, without going too far down the path, stoicism is basically uh, you're you're only in control of what you're in control of, right? And I've gotten better about that in many ways. I still falter in some. But, and then the other thing is nothing is intrinsic, like objects are not intrinsically good or bad. It's just what you personally do with them Mm -hmm. and how you manage your life. So... Uh, anything from gambling to alcohol to shopping to whatever, uh, those things are not intrinsically good or bad. It's just what your reaction to them is. How
1: much do they consume you in life? Yeah, exactly.
0: What what space – I love that word, space. I'm giving you space. Um, Thanks.
1: I might have anxiety, so be careful.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) – what space do you give that kind of stuff Got you know okay. in your life so anyway so um yeah so i stopped doing resolutions and i've been pretty happy actually it's like <laughs> december 31st wow. is like all of a sudden free and clear for me every single year so
1: oh, i didn't realize it was a pressure for you oh my gosh well, i thought you just set the i thought you just set the resolutions as a guide to that year i didn't realize the pressure that you there's put a up. pressure wow. and the okay. pressure
0: becomes from if you're truly giving yourself an honest assessment of your emotional, financial, personal life, all okay. that like all those if you're giving yourself like, you know, what it looks like when you step on a scale, it, does it look like a bloodbath, you know? And <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like if you're if you're really giving yourself an honest assessment, yeah, there's pressure.
1: Oh, there's pressure right.
0: on New Year's Eve. Uh, I, I think that's why a lot of people get hammered truthfully
1: because oh, they set resolutions. Yeah,
0: and it sucks. Oh,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> it sucks in a lot of ways. All so right. anyway, okay. So that then next question. A lot of people go out and do this at the beginning of the year. Personal trainer. Yes or no? Would you do that? Have you
1: done it? Oh, I've done that.
0: Yeah? Yeah. At the beginning of the year? Yeah.
1: I've done that at the beginning of the year.
0: Yeah. I know. We we're not I've done we're, that, yeah. We're not doing a ton of statistics today, but um I think there are a lot of people on January 1st that oh. are like you know,
1: yeah, they're book, pers- rebooking
0: like, that trainer that they met way back in June and yeah, all that. Yeah, so, personal
1: trainers are booked from January first to February fifteenth.
0: Yeah, the gyms are exploding, yeah. and then by February, February first, it's over. No,
1: I said fifteenth. I give people until February fifteenth. Oh, January first till February fifteenth.
0: To okay. February fifteenth. Man,
2: I'm even saying half the month. This <laughs> is just oh, January fifteenth <laughs> yeah. of two weeks. You're yeah. going
0: strong, and then you just don't go. Just long, just long enough to pay that cancellation fee. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. What about uh, a lot of people at the beginning of the year uh, aspire to actually seek help, counselor, therapist, all that? Yes or no? Would you do that? Could you ever see yourself doing that?
1: Oh yeah, but I've never wait till the first of the year. Like no, that's silly. Like, like I mean, I don't think it's silly that you're doing. I think it's silly you should wait. Like I I I'm a firm believer in therapy, mentors, whatever. I I I. Always think that um, they are quite helpful. If you are, if you have a roadblock in your life with anything, it could be relationship, it could be financial, it could be um, career. I, I'm a huge believer in getting and okay. um, getting help. Yes, so don't wait. Do not wait. Do yeah. not wait till February till January first. No. we're
0: about business coach. A lot oh, of people wait. I love it. I mean, all these things like people say, "Oh, I'll do it after the holidays." After so many things get pushed off <sighs> till after the holidays.
1: I think a business coach that's a huge commitment. Um,
0: <laughs> yes, it is. It's very expensive. I
1: had one when I, I had my spa, and you did. I had her for months, and um, it's a huge commitment. Mm-hmm. And I did not wait until the first of the year to do it.
0: What did made you I? decide, though?
1: You know what, James? I think I very well made. I have think waited you did. To The first of the year. Yeah. Wow. It was the
0: first couple of months of a particular year. Yes. Where all of a sudden you were waking up at five thirty and going jogging.
1: Uh huh. That didn't last very long, but the business coach stayed. The, the, the stayed. jogging stopped, but the business the coach jog, stayed. The jogging yeah. and the waking up early yeah. stopped. Um,
0: but you did you did apply her lessons. I did,
1: and you know what? I, 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 I started her shortly after the first of the year. I think it was like uh, a month into the year it felt like a good time to start. Now, I don't know, maybe it was just the timing. I'm not yeah. sure. But what are you asking about a business coach? Like should should you do? Well, it? A lot of people start
0: them like, you know. I think it's a great idea. It's just one of the many rebirth like, the whole point of this is you have a rebirth at the yeah. beginning of the year, right? It's like
1: Business coach was the best money ever spent. Q4
0: is over, you've already blown through your sales bonus because the holidays came around yeah. or whatever, and now it's time to set set new goals for yourself.
1: I think if you have a business, um or have an idea for a business or have always tossed around ideas but weren't are not able to funnel them in a productive way. Mm-hmm. Business coach is a great, great asset to have uh, in your in your corner to help you get motivated. So um I would say yes. I mean, like I said, worth every penny spent.
0: Okay. What about a life coach?
1: No, I don't know. I don't believe in that. I, I mean I believe in a You're good, not feeling I, that as much? No, I believe in a good friend. I mean, um a life coach isn't somebody who has a degree. So for me, I'm very black and white. You know that? Like yeah. I, if I'm going to go to a doctor, they need to be an MD. Right. If I'm going to go to a therapist, they need to have a marriage family counseling degree. They need right. to be educated. A life coach, I I don't know. I'm like that's just a best friend. <laughs> like a good a f- best friend who has who's lived a life that is worth um sharing with you. And explaining their pitfalls so you don't follow in the same footsteps. So um, I don't know. I guess if you don't have that friend or you don't have a mom or dad to talk to who can give you good advice, then I guess a life coach. But life coaches are almost the same amount as a therapist. I would say the life the life
0: coach is more like direct, like specific steps to take in your interpersonal relationships, right? Like, I say is it therapist that,
1: still. A therapist is trained, educated, went to college, has a degree.
0: What, do, what, I mean, I see all these ads for Life Coach don't on do Instagram. It. Like, no, don't do it. Like, what don't are do they, it. But what are they telling you? It's is like this a all mom like,
1: who has three kids who's been through it that wants to tell you like the pitfalls of, you know, helicoptering or. um Oh,
0: so it's like a parental thing as well. It can I didn't be, think or it could be, yeah.
1: there's a lot of women who've are divorced now and are life coaches for other divorcees, Um, I don't know, I guess, like, to me, I'm like, I would, I'd still get a therapist, forget the life coach. For me, it's like, get a therapist.
0: Do you think there's a degree of it where, like a personal trainer, you actually feel like you have to pay somebody to give you advice? Like, I know, I've discovered this about myself, and that is this. I need to pay somebody at the gym to yell at me, to do my workout because I was <laughs> raised I was raised in team sports right and so I'm just so it's it's in my DNA to have a coach right <laughs> like barking commands at I me I get it
2: I get it that's why the Peloton is so is so popular too You want to yeah. know, know why Because if you got a bike that was not $2,000, you wouldn't use it. You would force yourself to use it because you paid $2,000
0: for it.
1: (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So, is a life coach kind of the same thing where it's like you're paying, you won't listen to Denise, your best friend, or Phil, your other best friend? Yes. You won't listen to your friends, even though they're telling you the same stuff the life coach is telling Mm -hmm. you, right? Like, girl, you got to dump him or Mm -hmm. whatever. Right. Whatever that is. Or you need to talk to your mother. You need to sit her down and Mm -hmm. she can't, you know, you're 52 years old now. She can't talk to you like that and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know.
1: I would say, to answer that question, is that what a life coach does for some people? I think a life coach does do that for some people. It gives them the motivation to move forward on things they're stuck in. Yeah. Yeah, I do think so. But I still, like, asking me my two cents, I say get a therapist instead of a life coach.
0: So I'm crossing life coach off the list right now. Um, Mentor. What about a mentor?
1: Oh, I think mentors are amazing. If it's the right mentor, yes. Very similar to a business coach.
0: It is very similar to a business coach, except you don't have to pay them if you find the right person, right?
1: Sometimes you do. But Sometimes it depends. You do. It depends. I mean, if the mentor is willing to let you shadow them in whatever it is, like usually mentors are career driven. You know, you follow yeah. you have a mentor for a certain career. Um
0: I know there are certain chamber of commerce groups. We're not religious, but I know there are religious groups where it's like somebody's a pillar in the community or whatever, and he'll sort of mentor life, like younger men yeah. or whatever, in the ways of, you know, sort of how to, you know, have a successful family life, how to have a successful business. And, and are you like saying, that.
1: should people get a mentor for the beginning of the year? That's your question. I'm saying
0: a lot of people do. Would you?
1: Yeah, I would. I'm Not necessarily the
0: beginning of the year, though.
1: Uh, yeah, but... um. Of course. Yeah, I would get a mentor. If I was struggling with something, I feel like I've had mentors in my life already. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I feel I've had career mentors. I feel I've had, I mean, my friend Kat, I feel like was a mom mentor in so many ways, Mm. because she did it very early. She had children at a young age in her 20s. I didn't have my first kid till I was 30. And so she walked that path before me and she did it so well. So I would always call her. I mean, I'd call her from the doctor's office sometimes and say, hey, the doctor's saying, you know, I should do this, this. What are your thoughts? Have you Did you do this? Um, I'm a believer in mentors for sure. If if you feel the way they are living their life or the way they're running their business or their personal relationships are healthy and you want that for yourself, heck Mm yeah. Okay. I'm all about bettering yourself. Oh, good.
0: As am I. So... Here we go. Uh, we're going to talk about the nine qualities of good mentor. I don't know
1: mentor. why I'm laughing at that when you say that to me.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like okay, good. I, I, know.
1: I know. I'm like all right. You said do. I'm all
0: about bettering myself. <laughs> like okay, good. I think that's
1: great. <laughs> Am I better? Did it work? Am I fixed? <laughs>
0: I'm, that's not for me to say. That is not for me to say. Oh,
1: good answer, my I'm friend. Not, good answer. That drive home tonight's going to be a good one.
0: <laughs> not for me. I'm good.
1: Okay, so I have a question. You don't seem like the business coach. I'm kind not a person, but you are a mentor person. I, I, I'm just saying. Like I see you h- hiring a mentor rather than a business coach. But why? Because to me, they're very similar. But you are are very much not a business coach type of person that would hire one. So what's the difference in your mind?
0: I'm not saying I, I would never say I wouldn't hire a business coach. I haven't. I, I've found that uh, a personal therapist and then a, an actual mentor specifically in my own industry have served me far better than... I think a business coach would.
1: Well, you don't own a business, so that, I don't. That I'm, I'm, but but I still don't see you even owning if you own a business because you will maybe I don't know, but um, if you do, I still don't see you just from what I've known of you the past twenty five years to hire a business coach. But you are very much into mentors. It's interesting.
0: Well, okay, so if I were to open a restaurant, yeah. say in a little town, and I never would because I hate food, and we're not going into food at all.
1: Oh, okay. All. Let's a, okay. How horrible, about something different? It's a horrible. Okay, example. how about something but, different then?
0: Um, I don't know. A store, stationary a, store. a shop. Yeah, sure. A stationary <laughs> store. I would. I'm
1: laughing because anybody who listens to our show knows that I want to open up a stationary yeah, store, and I'm going to make him work with me.
0: I'll work with you in the stationary store. I will not work with you in a restaurant. Okay, so, so go we've ahead. We talked about this. We open my, up.
1: All right, we open up a shoe store. <laughs> yeah, we're
0: Geppetto. Gonna, Geppetto. Geppetto's. we are so. Stride, right? Buster Brown shoes or whatever. Um, Okay. So uh, I would be more inclined, as I mentioned, to go to the local chamber. So if it's a little store in a little town, I would be more inclined to look at local leaders who already have businesses established there uh, for a lot of reasons. Number one, you and I would be probably coming from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Highly doubtful we would go back to LA to open our little business. No, not at all. Okay. So uh, we would need to know the characteristics and attitudes of the locals we would need to know who are the players who are if if we were to do a wine tasting event at your stationary store who would we invite who yes. would be the most uh, like in, like who are the uh, taste makers in that particular area Got it. and i think the best way to find that is not to go online and get a business coach and report in every two or three days or once every week or whatever, but to actually like talk to Stanley, who's had a car wash in town for 40 years, you know, and I have a theory because, and I, I know this to be true because I've done it myself. People who actually have that knowledge, when somebody comes to them and asks them for it, they usually give it really freely. It's true. You know, and sure, some of their own flavor or whatever is, you know, baked in there. But, uh, so if they have You know, if they don't have great relationships with a couple people in town, you're gonna hear about (laughs) that, of course. You're gonna get the gossip, right? Uh And then you're gonna have to filter that later. But uh I just find that for me it's more of a direct line.
1: Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mentoring, mentoring here, business coach down here. Yeah. Okay. I don't know for me. Oh, I know. We're not talking about. We're not talking about. Could you already did the business coach? Mm -hmm. Okay,
0: so uh, along those lines, nine qualities of good mentor. Want to hear them?
1: Oh yeah, bring it.
0: These are from Katrina Kirsch, who writes for HubSpot, and in 2021, she said, "You need a mentor who identifies your needs and strengths." Mm -hmm. Makes sense, right? Shares room for improvement. So. Is cautiously not, critical with you. yeah. You're
1: not great all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Is willing to give you the hard truth in a gentle way, right? Uh-huh. Gains your trust and respect. These all seem kind of, um, you know, elemental. Expresses empathy. And this is not something you get from everyone. Oh, uh, that is true. I think if I were to seek out a mentor, I would probably mm-hmm. seek out somebody who has adult kids or somebody who has, you know, raised children. See, you, For me personally, I would want somebody in the same you know, sort of, uh, lane in life for lack of a better word, um, has relevant knowledge and skills, of course, knows how to operate a business in local town. Like we talked about listens and reflects and, um, is invested in your growth and development. Uh, one of the people that came to my mind when I read that, and they were not business mentors for us, but they were actually very supportive of us as a young family, our old landlord, Oh. Our landlords, Victor and Marianne yes. in Studio City. Yes. They came to our housewarming party.
1: They did. And Gosh,
0: they were so, so supportive funny. of us when it was time for us to move. First off because we had two kids that we were cramming into their little apartment. But uh so they were probably like, okay, we're going to we're able to raise the rent or whatever. But um
1: They were always very nice. They were always I mean, very
0: nice and supportive of us.
1: Yes. And they they had real estate um, in different parts of LA. They did. So their whole thing was real estate, and um, but they weren't like. They, didn't, they weren't flamboyant about it, and they didn't brag about it. They Mm-mm. didn't even talk about it. Like The only very information you got from them was when you asked them, like, oh, is this your only building? And they said, no, we have a couple other yeah. ones. And then you found out that they lived in a very expensive part of the city, and you were like, ooh, they're doing quite well. Right. And um, they were so nice. It's so interesting. You remembered them yeah. all these years. It's, like, been how many years? 23 years?
0: Yeah, there weren't uh we didn't interact with them a lot because they weren't on site as you said
1: no they were they would come and do repairs remember yeah,
0: but they didn't live there yeah and so um uh but while we were in our buying process they were so nice. there were a couple of tips that they threw out and you know watch yes. for this or do that or where are you looking to buy and all that yeah. so
1: gosh it's tremendously so helpful you remember that. Yeah. yeah they were very nice people
0: And then uh, lastly, well, two things, Uh, ability to, this person should have the ability to devote time to mentoring you. So a coffee a week kind of thing or whatever makes sense, right? Pretty, pretty basic, but uh, strong relationships and networks. And I actually thought when I first moved to LA that I was going to have this person to help me get into the entertainment industry. You did? I drove all the way to Palm Springs to meet this guy. And he talked such a big game. This is this is before social media. This is before you could do any sort of research on the web. I think it was before the, it was before the web was widely publicized or whatever. But um,
1: I wish we would have met then. Honestly, because I would have told you, don't drive to Palm Springs. Anybody who's in the game in L.A. isn't in Palm Springs. Is it not in Palm Springs? I know. I wish you would have met. That was just honestly the inexperienced country bumpkin in you. It
0: was, it was a. What's wrong
2: with Palm Springs? What's up, what's up with Palm Springs? Palm Springs well, is great. No,
1: if you're if you're a if you're a game changer in Hollywood, you're in Hollywood. You're not in Palm Springs. It's like two hours outside of L.A. And during that time, nobody was there except old retirees. So if somebody says, "I'm a mover and shaker in Hollywood," come meet me in. Palm Springs, you're oh. like, uh, okay. It is cause
0: for, I mean, it's like 90 minutes to two hours, depending on where you live in LA to it, get there. So yeah. I went to meet this guy and it was pretty obvious. He was not the big baller. Mm-hmm. He said he was going to be. I actually think a lot of women who use online apps to date probably felt the feeling i felt when i walked uh, into this you tiny, got catfished to my, I, I got totally catfished and he proceeded to tell me that he was going to be the next disney he was going to build theme parks and all this other stuff and meanwhile he was old i mean he was probably 77 years old at this point hmm. and um, you were
1: the highlight of his day honey he got to have a coffee with a young guy i was chat such all of his, a sucker chat all of his dreams to you
2: yep. did yeah did you give him money
0: Huh? Did you give him money? Yeah, did you give him no, money? No, I did not give him no. money. <laughs> and so it wasn't a scam like that, at least. It was just a colossal waste of time. So
1: You know yeah. what I equate that to? When you're a young girl and you're in a big city and you're uh, looking for a job and you have to go on an interview that's like up three flight of stairs in a crappy building, you know immediately when you when you get to that building, you're like, this isn't the job that's listed. Yeah, It's just like that. It's just like that.
2: Why is there a black couch over here? Right. Yeah. I'm just oh. going to say they want you
0: to go topless. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, this is not. That's true. Hollywood. Yeah. That's the Hollywood yeah. we know. You got Hollywood, but yours was just a yeah. drive to Palm Springs and no one asked you to take off your pants.
0: Nobody did. Thankfully. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's disgusting. So anyway, <laughs> um, I do want to rewind a second and say, okay, focus groups and actual like in-depth market research aren't entirely BS if done properly. But I was working on a show recently where the...
1: Oh, so focus groups meaning to help you like pursue whatever, like if you have a show or something, like you're bringing up focus groups from... What Just in general, like oh, if you're selling it. a product or service, oh, a lot it, of people, okay. you know, focus
0: you're, you're starting to develop this idea you're finally like about to launch this baby and all of a sudden everybody's coming out of the woodwork and i recently worked on a show for roku um where these women were trying to sort of next level their side hustles got it and in one of the scenes um you know they're going through these they have to sit down and listen to focus groups on uh, you know, uh, people talking about their website, their Instagram profiles, all these things. So their online presence, their branding, if they were a restaurant, their menu, uh, if it was a certain product that offered, say, they were eco friendly or what have you, they, you know, like, so people it just, it opened the entire thing up for conversations. And as I was watching this footage, right, it takes me back to when I was in broadcasting school. And I had a guy come in from the local radio station and he said, those focus groups and Nielsen ratings and all this other stuff are hot garbage because you're dealing with people who don't have jobs, who can't spell. I get these reports back and they drew a picture like what radio station do you listen to? And uh, in my hometown, the rock and roll station was CD 106, the wolf. People wouldn't write CD 106, the wolf. They would just try and draw a picture of a wolf. (laughs) And so <laughs> so he's like, these are the knuckleheads that you're dealing with. So you really have, unless you're doing like a high degree of market research as implemented by a company that you're probably paying a lot, like thousands and thousands of dollars, it's not really great, especially in the inception of your enterprise uh, to pull these people in and start hearing what a uh, random Joe Q on the street seems to think about your product, your stationery store, to keep using that example.
1: Oh, I'm so torn on that. I really, I am so torn because I kind of am a believer in listening to what people have to say about your product or your business it, within reason. Um, I was part of a focus group for a couple different things. One of them was a Toyota minivan. Now, I do <laughs> think that they bring people in for, that are just, you're going to be a critic. You know that. Like when you go to this focus group, of you're going to be a critic. Um, but I thought it was helpful. Like, I mean, I think it helped them. This was years ago. I was honest about like, oh, it doesn't have this. It doesn't have that. Um, I don't know. I do think if somebody has something Helpful to lend toward your idea. What's wrong with that? I, I, I'm I'm torn, James, because I know that when you open up people, you 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 give them the opportunity to criticize. They're gonna go on a tear, and that's all a focus group is. You know, you're bringing them in, and most people go on a tear. They don't say I like this, say like that. They just pick apart what they don't like. So. It's heartbreaking if you're the creator and you're watching this focus group or listening to the focus group or reading what the focus group is saying about your product. But in some ways, I do think it can be helpful. I don't know. I heard an interview one time where, and I'm going to say it wrong, I know it, but something along the lines of Madonna was notorious for listening to what people had to say. Like one time they said, yeah, like she'll even, if the garbage man has a good idea, she'll consider it. I kind of think that's brilliant because- you can get a good idea from the most unlikely person. So
0: there is something to that, to be sure. But using your minivan experience mm -hmm. as a specific example, Mm -hmm. they actually qualified that. Like I would say that's actually a decent level of market research. You were a mother, Mm -hmm. you had three kids, Mm -hmm. you had a college degree, you could afford that van, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. So you actually were qualified to like judge that van. But I'm talking focus groups where
1: just randos? Yeah. Okay. Like
0: I've seen it repeatedly. I've seen it with television shows. Oh. I used to be a market okay. tester when I when I lived okay. in Orlando 30 years ago. I worked for CBS Television just testing new pilots for you know, for whatever their fall lineup was going to be. And I mean, it was just hot sweaty tourists that they would truck in from universal studios to sit through these things the people were impatient they hated everything because they just wanted their free gift and they wanted out of there
1: you all know? right so going back to your roku show yeah what was the experience for these women who were trying to get to the next level a level up what was the focus group experience good or bad for these women
0: uh i can't answer that for them, but I would say, as someone who saw the raw footage, I thought it was super basic and not so
1: helpful.
0: just you know, uh, no real insight given.
1: Nothing you would have wanted for your own business. Exactly. Okay.
0: So I don't know. I can only you know boil it down to my own without getting too far into the show. So focus and the groups details are out. So
1: if you're starting a business in 2024, do not get a focus group to <laughs> review your product. I yes.
2: did. I did for mine. You,
1: you did. did? Mm-hmm. For, For
0: what? the podcast, Dr. Studios? Yeah.
2: And my focus group was people in, the, people in the industry and obviously my friends and family. Specialized. Did you say you obvi- did your
0: friends and family?
2: Friends and family and oh, people brave. in the industry. You are brave. You, you know, the thing is, the majority of people did not think this was a good idea. Okay, we didn't well, think it was gonna, a good
0: idea. You're going to love this next section. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Howes, the School of Greatness podcast. I don't know if you know him, but I did see the person he was interviewing quite a bit on social media, especially in the last year because he wrote a book. Uh, Rick Rubin. Yeah. that, no, that one's Oh, all yeah. Right? legendary he, he pop legend. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Um, Lewis asks him, do you ever face the inner critic of, well, what if other people don't like this? Rick's answer No, I don't consider them at all. The audience comes last, and I believe that. I'm not making it for them. I'm making it for me. And it turns out that when you make something truly for yourself, you're doing the best thing you possibly can can for the audience. So in the end, it circles back. It's so much of why if you go to the movies, so many big movies are just not good. It's because they are trying to be made by a person. It's because they're not being made by a person who cares about it. They're being made by people who are trying to make something that they think someone else or some other market segment, I'm filling that blank in, are going to like. And that's not how art works. That's not art. It's, that's something else that's commerce.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oscar Wilde. The critic has to educate the public, the artist has to educate the critic. Yeah. So
1: it's really profound.
0: If you're laying in bed, is it laying or lying? You're lying I think it's in
1: Lane, L A Y. Is it lane or line? Yeah, because lane is vertical. Yeah, line is L Y.
0: Okay. Anyway, if you're in bed. <laughs> and,
1: Just a vertical lane is horizontal. I said vertical. Lane and is horizontal. With
0: every fiber of your being, you know that your idea, your new concept, your new endeavor is going to maybe not light the world on fire, but change your life and change the lives of the people who use your product, service, whatever that is. Oh. Um, You may want to reconsider telling your family and friends. We've talked about this a lot. But uh, you may want to reconsider telling your family and friends or sort of telling anyone at that point and and taking their advice early on.
1: Okay, Phil, you said most people felt like this wasn't a good idea. So Mm -hmm. what made you pursue it, I have to ask?
2: I had a... I mean, you guys know my story. This has been my whole entire life. So this is it yeah. Was a, you've
1: been in podcasts forever. It
2: was burning a hole in me, and I knew that I had the tools to help people. And, and
1: you just, at what point did you say? Did you just do the? Oh, I can't listen to them. I'm going to do my own thing. Like the majority said, meh. And so.
2: So to tell you the truth, I already did it. You had uh, already done it. I already had everything ready, and I just wanted to see where people's head was. And then, then, then I'm like. Look what I did. And then they're like, oh, we're happy for you. I'm like, but you weren't. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so Phil, yeah. what was the criticism? What did they think was not going to work for you? Getting clients? Think, what was it? Yeah,
2: that, uh, not being as busy. People couldn't afford it. Um, oh, that's always know, a thing. Podca- too many podcasts, you know,
0: all that stuff. Right. Yeah.
1: Oh. All right. So they kind of like
0: all the things I said to Bert Kreischer when we were about to start ours. Uh And he said, No, you should still do it anyway. Yeah. I mean, really, in many ways, he was our mentor, right? Yeah. (laughs) For this. And uh, did he have a shirt on
2: when he was telling you this or no?
0: He did actually. Yeah. So he was serious. It was a graduation party. He was serious. He was serious. (laughs) (laughs) It was a graduation party for Georgia and he had to be on his best behavior that day. (laughs) Otherwise, it had lasting impact. So it's good in the end that you had already launched your business before you asked anyone's opinion, because these opinions, especially during the inception phase, right, when you're just sort of bouncing ideas off of people you think are your closest friends, and in some ways, they're putting their own insecurities on you.
1: Well, because they wouldn't pay the amount of money that Phil was charging, they couldn't fathom it because maybe they didn't have the money or they weren't doing a podcast. They didn't know the numbers out there. They didn't know what people are paying to rent studio space. So for them, it was astronomical. It's like, I don't know, I guess I equate it to anything that is skilled and costs money because it's a high level product, like um, he's not doing it out of his garage. This is a very professional place. Totally. So when you're asking a price of what you're worth, sometimes people can't wrap their head around it because they can't pay it.
0: For sure. And I also think that there are people who genuinely see what it's going to take Financially or energy wise, or what have you. And they fear for you. Mm -hmm. They don't like, they, I do believe some people's hearts are in the right place. Um, But, you know, unfortunately, it's like they can become a crutch for you because now all of a sudden you have all these voices inside your head telling you, oh, maybe they're, it's really easy at that phase to take one or two things that somebody said and now it has oh. like, now it's, it's living, it's a living it, in your head. It's been, yeah, it's like a yeah. seed inside your dreams or whatever.
1: I also think that people just aren't risk takers. So they can't Agree. fathom, um, taking that leap to do something outside of a a a a really comfortable nine to five uh you're guaranteed an income why would you whatever it is why would you leave that or why would you spend more time doing this on the side we've talked about this before yeah
2: so my thing was because remember i was working for espn yeah so like you're gonna leave your dream job to start a podcast studio that was like my the general consensus. yeah and i was like yep
1: (laughs) yes And that wasn't been an easy way to go i mean that would have been a lot like that's that's the next logical step for most people but you just had higher aspirations and where you were at espn for some people was their high aspiration does that make sense like totally yeah yeah
0: Uh, so this can lead to not only procrastinating Uh, But also, you know, a lot of people tend to say, well, if I'm not ready, I don't have enough money to roll out this product or service the way I want to, uh, then they begin to let the perfect be the enemy of the good. It's a very cliche phrase that people use now, but you want everything to be perfect on day one when you cut the ribbon of your new store and it's not going to be that way. Right. Rick Rubin says... If you have an idea you're excited about and you don't bring it to life, it's not uncommon for the idea to find its voice through another maker.
1: Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Oh, I believe that 100%. This isn't
0: just the other artists. This isn't because the other artists stole your idea. It's because your idea's time has come. Deep,
2: right? Man, Hip Hop Santa's definitely gotta go. Hip
0: Hop Santa. It's just spewing, yeah, right?
1: It's true. I, I believe that. Let's, let's like the old, like, I, how many, all of us in this room have said, I had that idea. All of us have had an idea that came to fruition through someone else. Yeah. Every, no question about it.
0: Totally. Mm-hmm. And he also recommends setting the bar low in the beginning, just so it gives you that ability to explore and play around with things and find. The, the chemical equation that like really sets you on fire to go further with this thing. So,
2: I mean, I'm still learning too. Every day I learn something. Of course. You know, yeah. I, I think that, I think that's still a, a really fun part of my career because, you know, sometimes people, sometimes people get into that certain level and they're like, that's it. I know what I know. Yeah. But like for my position, I still love learning stuff. So like, I'll see something new somewhere else or, Something, a circumstance will change in other situations. I'm like, hmm, I actually like that. And I want to do that. So I, I like adapting. Yeah,
1: I think that's when you also know you've picked the right career for yourself. When you're still interested about growing. Yeah. When you're, I mean, I think we've all met that person, male or female, whether it's a hairdresser who's like not going to trade shows anymore not interested in learning the new haircuts like just still doing perms and (laughs) (laughs) and you know or the the guy who has you know I don't know the shirt store but isn't up on the latest textiles and so the shirts look dated like if they're not moving forward in any particular you know in in whatever the direction is for that business they're in i don't know if they still love it and i think it might be a job for them at that point Mm -hmm. i think they they get jaded
0: there definitely comes a point where especially a lot of people i think that's why especially entrepreneurs or or sort of business people who are silent partners or even active partners but who sort of trade and sell businesses all the time they get bored yeah and they're like okay i'm on to my next like i mean if you are that type of person like borderline venture capitalist type person or what have you, you get a little juice, right, out of every new deal. Like that's the thing that keeps you doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, but.
1: Or uh, just staying current with what you are working in. You yeah. know, just like always being one step ahead or on the edge of like what the new thing is.
0: But, okay, so you talk about, you're talking about, you um, longevity right Mm -hmm. yeah how to keep current how to like keep things going and and still being passionate about it all the after all these years i think
1: if you are passionate about it that's what i'm saying you still sure you're you're doing it
0: okay so that passion is what can give you longevity and obviously it's what can help you launch right but somewhere in between there let's say july of 2024 right what happens when you haven't gained much traction and you're, uh, you know, you're still working your day job and all that.
1: You have to pivot. And I don't know what that means, but you have to, if you love it, you've got to find a way to make it work for you. Like you have to talk to, this is just me. I don't know. I'm not a business coach, but I'm just saying like from owning a business in LA and then doing the podcast with you, uh, you've got to meet other people i think in your profession mm-hmm. that are uh doing what you're doing on a successful level i right. think that's really helpful i remember mentors when it, <laughs> well it could be a mentor it could just be somebody who's successful right. with with a business so for instance i'll never forget i had a beauty business in la i had a spa and i did permanent makeup prior to the podcast when we lived in los angeles mm-hmm. and i remember meeting a girl who owned a doggy daycare and she was very successful And I just said to her one time, like, oh, like, do you remember the turning point of like when things really changed for you and the phone started ringing? And she said, yes, when I started doing Yelp ads. And I was like, Yelp ads? And she said, yeah. She's like, the minute I did a Yelp ad, everything changed. And I'm like, what does that look like? And she explained it to me. She's like, oh, like, your your listing on Yelp, and Yelp is a big deal in California, um, will be number one when people search for you. That changed my whole business. Now, she didn't do beauty. She didn't own a spa. I started a Yelp ad the following week. The phone started ringing. It was day and night. So I don't know. Like, I'm just a big believer if you're stagnant, you can fix that. You just have to figure out what it is, like, what it is that you're comfortable with. Like, you wouldn't call someone and ask them. That's not you. That's me.
0: Right. What would you do, Um,
1: my friend? What would you do if you're stagnant?
0: I mean, I would dig into... I would research or I would... I'm actually the type of person that would take a course, you know? If I wanted to know how Google Ads could better serve me, I would take the six-week course. I'm that person. Yeah,
1: this is how we're different. I will never sit six weeks to figure out why my business is failing. I will call someone on the phone and get an answer in an hour.
0: Well, it's good because those things, (laughs) however you get there, uh, are important because a lot of people... uh, you know, we, we've we seen it in the last 15, 20 years out of especially with social media and the way some people have really blown up. Everyone from models to athletes who maybe got a better deal, even though yeah. f- their physicality or their level of play did not really suggest that they should get that deal. But um uh, so many people have done that. And a lot of people seem to think even nowadays that uh, in some ways, they're an overnight success. We know that to be false, right? Like the average <laughs> overnight success is a 10-year yeah. you know, journey. Um, I do
1: think, look, there are some people that found social media medium to be their baby. Like they were just good right out of the gate. But yeah. that is a small portion. Even if you look at like the YouTubers. I mean, I've listened to so many podcasts where they talk about they were YouTubing in high school with – no subscribers, but still they love doing it. They just love doing it, and then they hit like five years later, big. I I, I read a, this. I heard this one podcast about this guy, who does tech stuff. I don't remember the name of his YouTube page because I heard this podcast like almost a year ago now. Mm-hmm. But um, he started in high school, and all he did was talk about like his Dell computer. He did a video. He was like 15 years old, and then he just did one every time he got a gadget. And now he's enormous on YouTube. But when yeah. you hear his story, he went to college. He would post in the park, like set up on a park bench and be like, okay, I just got this new camera. So I'm going to like tell you. He said sometimes the tripod would fall over. He'd have to like lift it up okay. and then like re-hit the, hit the record button. Been but, there. But uh, he's huge now. He's absolutely enormous on YouTube. Uh, has a company, hired people. It's all from YouTube subscribers.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm telling you him because he's not an overnight success, and his story, I think, is very indicative of most people who look like an overnight success. Um, I think there were overnight successes on social media for sure. I think it's so small, like so small. I, I think it's less than 1% is my guess. I don't know. What do you think, Phil? <laughs>
2: less than 1%. I think I know who you're talking about. I forgot his name, but he's the black guy with like a blowout. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's, he's got like three billion subscribers. Yeah. Um, a lot, I know you're talking yeah. about. Yep. See, even just from you telling me that, I she, already know who she's talking yeah, about. Yeah, and he yeah. doesn't
1: take, Um, he doesn't, like if, if Nikon comes out with a new camera, he doesn't take the camera. He won't even take it because he said that them sending him the camera, he already feels compelled to say something. Thinking, oh, I'm a good yes, review. he has to buy the camera. So it's things that he buys. But he has a team now of people that will say, hey, this new something, something came out. But anyway, what do you think, though? Do you think I'm like, what, what's your thought on the success rate of uh, Instagram people or TikTokers? Like I'm saying it's less than 1% that they're overnight success because that's to me very small.
2: I think that the illusion is that you can be an overnight success because you may be exposed to somebody as they are famous, but you didn't see other stuff 10 years from 10 years ago. Right? Uh, when I think about like acting, I think about Kevin Hart, right? Kevin Hart was – Kevin Hart before Kevin Hart was Kevin Hart.
1: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know yes. what I'm saying?
2: And so you didn't know Kevin Hart until he did like the really popular movies, but he was I knew who he was. Right. I mean, you would probably even know who he was from I C- did, Yeah, cutting stuff from BET. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like I knew who he was way, way, way back in the day. And so people will, will say, Oh, this guy is just a flash of the pan or same thing with the YouTube comedians or the social yeah. media comedians. They've been around forever. Ever. You only just saw this one short and think that they're new. No, it don't work like that.
1: Well, it's also like I even say to about Joe Rogan, like people forget Joe Rogan was eating <laughs> cockroaches on Fear Factor. He was even
2: on TV before that, though. You were Spin
1: City? Yes. Yes, it is so true. So people forget, like, oh, Joe Rogan, he has a successful podcast and he was doing MMA before. No, no, Joe Rogan was doing stand-up at the comedy store for 30 bucks a night, uh, like, 25 years ago. I mean, honestly.
0: Yeah, we all start somewhere. Mm -hmm. and
2: I tell people that. I tell them, I was like, look, I paid my dues. Here's my receipt. (laughs) (laughs) No, because somebody challenged me. When I was first starting, people would... You know, I had my haters. You know, oh, that's and terrible. I would have I to, I'd have to, bust out, does, like, I'd have have to bust out, I'd have to bust out the old yearbook photos of me doing this in high school in 2004,
1: just to prove that you just really had like, a passion for it. Yes. Oh, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, know. I know. It's it's I hate hearing that, even though it's happened to us. I still hate hearing it from other for other people. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: we know a similar story. Our friend Mike.
1: Oh, yes. Absolutely. You want to tell
0: the story? Sure. Of what it takes to become a slash. He he would never classify himself as uh, an overnight success, but it really is a lesson on being uh, like you said, Phil, like I'm all in on this from an early point. Right.
1: Yeah. So our friend Mike, uh, he worked for he was a salesman for a steel company yep and um and the story goes that mike left the steel company he was a very good salesman if you meet mike he's very personable he is. yeah so he, he's perfect for sales
2: absolutely and
1: he had an idea about starting his own steel company and i remember i was out with him i don't know what like six months ago or we going out for a jog or something and um and we we're talking about his business because he's He was extremely successful and um how he started and all of that so he started the business first go around tried to start this business it flopped um his partners weren't right uh timing wasn't right so he Mm -hmm. did it again a second time it flopped again it was a 2008 market everything crashed Mm -mm, did not work third time gathered up you know his funding all of that again went out there to sell this business it hit and i said to mike i said um, what made you keep going because he lost a lot of money he
0: did yeah yeah
1: and um, we're not talking like a few thousand like he lost thousands <laughs> yeah, within we're us. talking a
0: lot of zeros yeah
1: and i said what made you keep going and he said i knew i had a good product and i could sell it he said I would have done it a fourth time if the third time didn't work. Yeah. I was blown away. I told you the story. I mean, I've 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 thought about this story several times since he told it to me. He was so sure about himself yeah. and this product that he was willing to go a fourth time to try to make it go. And he just said, he goes, the first time was just I had a bad I had a couple partners that just weren't as into it. The second time was bad timing. He goes, but the third time I got it right. Who would try three times? Like, to me, that's kind of unheard of. Who would try three times losing thousands of dollars?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really a testament to his belief that he had the superior product. And I have to tell you, during that trip, uh, I wasn't with you that day when he told that story, but later on, he actually showed me the samples that he would take around with him in his briefcase to show people, I I guess they were alloys because maybe there were a few different uh, steel
1: mm-hmm.
0: products, yeah. um, you know, melted together or whatever. But uh, in addition to that, there was a plastic component to oh, it. Uh-huh. And it was lighter and still as strong as so many other steel products then it's, out competitors. The market. Then it's yes. competitors then okay. it's competitors but yeah. also actually like actual steel products so now all of a sudden with the plastic and the way they were able to integrate the polymers and all that uh now all of a sudden he did have a superior product it was just as strong it was lighter so if it was implemented in a vehicle of some sort it took up you know less miles per gallon or right. or whatever that you know less thermal uh, energy being given off for the same product uh, and so, in the end, he just said, "I knew," and it was, it was an illuminating conversation because he's retired now. He's got this big fat house in okay, Naples. Okay, hold on, let
1: me interrupt you. I met Mike when he lived in a townhouse. Yeah, and now he lives in a a house that looks like it's on the cover of Coastal Magazine in Naples, Florida. Yeah, and um, so that's so inspiring. I, I feel like that, like to me. I think, how did he get out of bed the second time it failed? Like, what? And he had three kids. You know, this isn't a guy who was like a single guy and just like trying an idea. No, he had a lot on the line. He had three kids putting through high school, college. Yeah, he was divorced. He was like trying to raise the
0: kids on his own and all that. Um, (gasps) It was especially impactful for me because here he is. He sold the business, Mm -hmm. cashed out, made all his money, and is still as exuberant about this product <laughs> to this day as he was when he was insisting and in beating down doors that like you have to check this yeah, out it's you true. know so um whatever that is for you i hope you find it in 2024 let's talk about creativity for a yeah, second let's how to it. get there if you know how to get yourself in a creative mind space i'm a firm believer that spreadsheets <laughs> like a google a google sheet or an excel spreadsheet there's creativity baked into that. I'm sorry, oh. whoever the whoever the little wizard was at Facebook that created the algorithm that helped connect a billion people on this planet yeah. together. So so often we use this term artist or creative, and you know you think like painters, singers, songwriters, all that, and it's not like I'm insisting. You and I have had this talk lately. You would not classify yourself generally as a as an artistic person, oh, never. right? Never, and yet. Here you are finding creative ways to make women's eyebrows look better. <laughs> you're actually literally painting on yeah. them. Uh, of course, you were a business owner and finding creative ways to get word out. Like we just cracked open this new spa. You better get yeah. your butt over here and check it out and all that. Um, relationships, the way you get in, like you're creative in, in, in and Of itself just finding the girls Taylor Swift tickets okay there's a tremendous amount of creativity (laughs) inside you
1: I think the one thing that people can all agree if you know me is I'm very good at also putting I'm very good with people but I'm also very good at putting people together I used to have this gift and I think I still do like I I have an like I have a very good feel for like what person would jive with another person people used to always say I should have been an agent when I was in Hollywood yeah everyone said that because um, I knew so many people and um, I guess just because I was pretty good with people so I mean having a successful beauty business I I think was um, the uh, the but it's, what's the the sum of those parts? Like I was able yeah. to have a successful business because you, you kinda need to be a personable to have a business like that.
0: I think what happens is kids for a lot of people is they're told they're not really the creative type or that's sort of Not appreciated in their households or what have you. I was definitely told I
1: wasn't creative. I definitely was. My mom's a painter, which is amazing. I couldn't paint. I think I was told at an early age, like, oh, your drawing (laughs) is terrible. So I just thought my drawings were terrible. I definitely was told. Not by my family, because my mom would never say something like that. Neither would my dad. But definitely my friends and my circle at school. school, 100% I was told I wasn't creative.
0: Okay. So now that I've said, and I've given you permission, everyone, (laughs) to be creative. Let's talk about whatever you're going to embark upon in 2024. Give yourself permission to do it, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: uh, believe in your heart of hearts that you are creative because you are. So I don't know. I've talked a lot. I'm going to put my pen down (laughs) and this other pen down, holding two (laughs) pens at once. Uh, But uh, we wish you guys the very best New Year, and we really hope that – Everything you aspire to do is unlocked for you this year. Thank you so much for following us on our journey for another one. Why don't you take them out?
1: Empty nest, full tank.
2: Check
0: the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.